Hello and welcome to the Church Times podcast. This week, what's on the agenda for the next meeting of the General Synod? Madeline Davies fills us in. And Adam Beckett talks to Presbyterian Rose Hudson-Wilkin about calls to scrap prayers in Parliament. In this week's paper, Dame Caroline Spellman MP writes on the prospects of a Brexit deal. Ted Harrison warns against meaningless church slogans. And Paul Valley writes on technological snooping. Our lead feature looks at the contributions clergy have made to housing over the past 150 years, and we profile the work of the anti-slavery charity, the International Justice Mission. We also have reviews of the new Shakespeare biopic starring Kenneth Branagh, and a verdict on the troubled minister in the Danish drama Ride the Storm. And the final of the new Theology Slam competition takes place on Thursday the 7th of March at St John's Hoxton in London. To buy tickets, go to churchtimes.co.uk slash theology hyphen slam. If you don't subscribe to the Church Times, why not try a one-month digital subscription for just £5? Or try 10 issues of the paper for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk slash subscribe. Transforming the one million who regularly attend Church of England services into agents of mission is crucial to the Church's multi-million pound evangelism push. That's what the Synod will hear next week when it meets at Church House Westminster. Evangelism will be the clear theme of the agenda, the Synod Secretary-General William Nye has said. I spoke to Madeline Davies to find out more. I guess at the last Synod, um, they actually ran out of time to debate a report from the Evangelism Task Group. And there was some feedback um, that that was disappointing um, and that sort of spending a huge amount of time on legislation and proposed amendments had meant that that sort of got um, got delayed. Um, so in some ways, um, it seems that this is um, kind of a response to stress that um, evangelism is a priority. It's one of the Archbishop of Canterbury's three priorities um, in his archiepiscopacy. Um, so there are several motions that relate to it. There's um, one on evangelism and discipleship, but then there's also specific measures which are going to look at evangelism in estates and evangelism um, with young people. So um, it will be taking up a significant amount of time at Synod. Um, and there's um, three sort of accompanying reports which go with the motion. So this main report um, on evangelism and discipleship that you report on, it's by Chris Russell, the Archbishop's advisor on evangelism on witness, yeah. oh, and Canon Dave Mayo, director of evangelism and discipleship. Um, it's quite a lot of emphasis on, on the role of the laity in evangelism. There's this quote from William Temple. Yeah, so I think it's quite significant that one of the recent appointments, um, Canon Mail, um, is bringing together evangelism and, and discipleship um, under sort of one roof. And the report talks a lot about how those two can't really be separated. Um, so he's working um, with others at Church House, including Nick Shepherd, who's sort of heading up the work around the laity, setting God's people free, really trying to bring together um, the idea of formation and discipleship um, and then going out and, and sharing the gospel um, through evangelism. Um, I think the focus in the report is very much around this phrase motivating the million. So there's this idea that if um, if the, the million who regularly attend church on a Sunday are um, kind of equipped um, and encouraged to do so, they could have a huge impact um, on the country and on the, on the life of the church by um, sort of acting as agents of mission. That quote comes from a Lambeth Conference resolution, um, which called for a revolution in the attitude 
to the role of the laity, which views every Christian as an agent of mission. And so at the press conference, um, a lot of the discussion was around um, this question of confidence and whether um, it's, it's really a question of confidence that, that's holding people back. Um, that was one of the things which I kind of questioned in the press conference. Um, are we focusing very heavily on this question of, of confidence and not looking at the wider context in which we might be asking people to evangelise? That quote from William Temple, he said, we are convinced that England will never be converted until the laity use the opportunities for evangelism daily afforded by their various professions, crafts and occupations. Is there a kind of English reticence and reserve that just doesn't go away, whatever well, the era? That was definitely the message which um, William Nye, the General Secretary, gave to me, um, because I was saying um, perhaps um, people have legitimate um, reasons why um, they don't conduct evangelism in the way that this report kind of suggests would be right. Um, I was particularly interested in some um, research which was presented a few years ago at Synod Talking Jesus um, and that questioned um, non-Christians who'd had a conversation with a Christian about their faith um, and 42% said that they felt glad not to share their faith um, which was much higher than those who felt sad and 30% said they felt more negatively about Jesus um, which I think maybe could explain findings like that maybe could explain why people are reticent about sharing their faith because clearly it doesn't always land well um and And william nye's message was um he doesn't think that's that's a huge factor involved he thinks it's much more that um people um lack confidence and perhaps expect they're going to be um demanded to you know give a reason for suffering or debate richard dawkins um he feels it's it's much more a question of people are anxious in those ways and and people feel quite awkward about trying to convert people to any cause perhaps it's a sort of living yeah that there's, that... there was actually some really interesting research i saw yesterday from the states from barna group um, and they found that around half of millennial christians um, actually think it's wrong to try and convert somebody um, to your faith which i think is a really interesting finding so actually in many ways they were more devout than other generations and they did feel that they were living out their faith and sharing it but that idea of actually trying to persuade somebody to to come over to your side almost, they seem to be uncomfortable with. Mm, so it's it's a huge challenge. Um, other, also on the agenda was the um, young people and evangelism. Yeah, so there's, there's two papers. One is called Growing in Faith, um, and that's about how, um, I guess, how children and young people grow up in the church. So what's the relationship between their home life church and school and can those three be linked together and yes how how do we I guess um, take part in the formation of young people as Christians particularly around perhaps why um, the report suggests we often sort of lose them at the secondary school stage and then Mark Russell the CEO of Church Army will be talking about um, evangelism to and with young people Um, and that's very much about um, encouraging young people to serve as evangelists as much as sort of people going to share the gospel with them. And and Mark Russell's paper has this idea of a youth vanguard. Um, And this is the idea that um, around 30 youth workers from quote the biggest fastest growing and most innovative youth ministries um, would serve as this vanguard to share their their lessons and learnings Um, that's been scrutinized a bit so um, Ali Campbell who's written for us recently on particularly on um, formation in the home um, has expressed a bit of concern about this in that um, 
in many ways it, it could be kind of smaller ministries which are just as effective and producing faithful young people even if they aren't able to kind of demonstrate huge um, numbers or, or very swift growth it could be that there are other models and that if we just sort of hold those up as the example they might not be replicable for everybody or even the best model for everyone it, that should be a good debate I know Mark Russell is um, extremely passionate about this area and often I think tries to draw the synod's attention to some of the stark facts around the lack of young people in our in our churches. So um, part of the report says um, although there's some inspirational examples of youth evangelism, Synod needs to know that the situation remains very bleak. Um, so one third of our churches have no under 16s and two thirds have fewer than five. Um, that's something which I think he's tried to draw um, Sinod's attention to several times is, is the fact that uh, you know the average age of the C of E is much older than the general population and many of our churches have no young people at all. And there's this paper on housing estates and evangelism. Yes, so um, something that was really nice about the, the press conference is that um, various people from Church House were joined by um, a curate from a housing estate in North London, the Reverend Helen Shannon, and she gave a really good testimony um, about... Her life, um, I think originally as a single um, mother with, with children, uh, moving on to an estate in North London and never being able to imagine um, that she would be a vicar. It, she, it wasn't something that she'd seen. And um, now running um, a very um, popular um, church plant on an estate in North London, it's actually supported by a nearby resource church. So possibly a really good example of a resource church doing what it says on the tin. Um, I think they pay for her ministry. Um, pay the costs which perhaps the congregation on the estate wouldn't be able to meet and um, yeah she, she talked about basically the the big pipeline of, of potential leaders coming up through estate churches and the need to make sure that um, that we train them and, and equip them to go out and um, return to those communities. Our church meets in a community centre. Eleven years ago my husband and I and five of our six kids moved into a top ten deprivation estate in East Finchley, just a mile down the road from Bishop's Avenue. Talk about a great divide there. We started church there, a church gathering, about eight years ago and, and our church meets in a community centre. It meets around tables. It's very, very informal, but it's very of the people that we serve there. <coughs> so they might look different, but they might feel different too. What about if we had churches on estates that were led by local leaders, really addressing the issues at the heart of their communities with their local voices? And so Bishop Philip North's motion calls for a Christian community on every significant social housing estate in the country. Yeah, we, um, we reported um, on the vision for estates um, at the end of last year and I think the idea is that might not necessarily look like a church building. It might be meeting in homes or community centres or schools. So it might not look like the, the CV churches on the housing estates of the past. But I think it's a nice example of how something which he raised a number of years ago, I think when I first started at Church Times, raised a concern um, about a lack of presence on estates and I think the difficulty of finding a replacement when he left an estate um, in the north um, to, to come to London. Um, it does seem that from there there has been a real momentum building around estates churches and what began as, as a synod speech expressing real concern is now kind of returning several years later with a very ambitious vision. 
And there's some other things on the agenda at Synod as well, apart from evangelism. Yeah, so um, I think one of the things which um, William Nye talked about was that he wanted us to take away the message that the church is seeking to reach um, communities which he described as left behind. And there are a number of um, motions which kind of relate to communities and people who may be on the margins. Um, there is um, a motion around building a homelessness task force. There's a motion on... Um, basically serving um, communities from um, the travelling and Roma um, communities, um, perhaps sort of tackling some of the prejudice that they receive. Um, and there's, um, on the kind of social concern um, space, there's also going to be a debate from the Bishop of St Albans around um, gambling and advertising. And he talked at length at the Synod briefing around um, some of the case studies and some of the really tragic stories that he's had to deal with of young people um, battling with, with gambling addictions. He talked a lot about, I guess, um, the need for more research, so perhaps we don't even truly understand the impact of kind of per pervasive gambling advertising, particularly its attachment to sport. And I think one of the things that he'd like to see is more research so that we sort of truly understand the impact that it's having. The Church of England's National Education Conference took place on Thursday. The keynote speaker was the chaplain to the Speaker of the House of Commons, Prebendary Rose Hudson-Wilkin. Adam Beckett was at the conference and a story is up on our website. Rose Hudson-Wilkin spoke to reporters afterwards and Adam asked her about Crispin Blunt MP's call for prayers in Parliament to be scrapped. Why would you say the private member's motion has come forward now to, to try and stop it? Well, I think as uh, Crispin said that he was asked by... The, he's just become, I think, the chair of the National Secular oh, Society, and they asked him to put forward the EDM. Uh, but they've always been sort of pushing it, you know. Um, chipping away at it. Chipping away at yeah. it. But, you know, I don't have any anxiety. I, I'm not one of these people who believe that I have to defend God. The day I have to defend God is the day I stop serving God. Mm -hmm. um, you know, God is God, and all he asks us to do is not to defend him, but simply to live what it means to be a child of God. That's all we need to do. And I, I think that is our witness. So I don't, I don't get anxious the fact that the secular society wants to abolish prayers. Um, I think those of us of faith need to ask ourselves, are we living this faith that we say we believe in? Because that's what's going to make the difference. And, and I suspect that's probably what they are afraid of. And get We've got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> you mentioned that you're already praying you know, for, for the pe for people, not for the outcome, but have you got any specific plans post-March 29th, even if it's sort of some big service or something like that? In no, 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 no. I think, um, I think plans and more prayers... Just concrete, you Because, know. you know, whatever happens at the end of that, it's about how do we keep the nation mm -hmm. together. For the first time, I've lived here for well over, gosh, how many years now? Over 30 years I've lived in this country. For the first time last year, I was shouted at in the street and told to go back to Africa. Now, I don't come from Africa, so I don't know which country in Africa they wanted me to go back to. So I think there has developed a, 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 an unpleasantness. There's been an underbelly that has suddenly thought, you know, this is our turn. We can say this and we can 
So whatever happens, you know, remember the vote was very close, whatever we want to say. And, um, and so whatever happens at the end of March 29th or whatever the date is, um, it doesn't mean that people are all going to say, oh, right, we've arrived now, let's all, you know, it's not going to happen. So, so we still need to be the ointment. We still need to be there praying hoping and longing for the kind of unity that is going to see us down whatever pathway we go. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.